Welcome to the At A Total Loss podcast, where lost moms candidly talk about stillbirth, baby loss, grief, survival, and all things in between. I'm Catherine. My first child, Brody, died at full term and was stillborn in January of 2022. I literally thought the sadness was going to kill me. And while trying to survive, I reached out to lost moms to connect with others who knew how I felt. It was these conversations that saved me, and to this day, they still do. We discuss our babies, life with grief. We even laugh, a lot actually. It is my hope that hearing our stories will help you realize that you are not alone in any of this, and maybe even serve as a guide to finding light in the dark. So get comfortable and grab some tissues as we discuss this crazy life after baby death that has left us all at a total loss. Hiya, Tuts. Hello. Hello. How are we today? Good, thank you. It's good to see your little face. Is that vodka? (laughs) No, it's sparkling water in a wine glass. I'm talking to you. Yes, girl. (laughs) Fancy pants. I love it. It's so much better that way. (laughs) Because like, I feel so left out all the time. Like I'm a big drinker. I am. I'm just going to self-proclaim that. I love drinking. Can't drink right now. So just put it in a wine glass. I love it. Is it flavored or is it just regular? Uh, It's got some watermelon flavoring in it. Delish. Delish. I'm jealous. I know I've got regular regular good old water right now. Um, your girl had to go to the hospital last night with contractions because they said my ass was dehydrated. (laughs) I'm laughing now. Oh my God. It was so bad, dude. It was so bad. I, 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 so like baby was messing with me. He hadn't moved in like a few hours and I was like, okay, no panic. Mm. And I started having like what I thought was like Braxton Hicks, but it was like, they were quicker. And I was like, this doesn't feel right. So my, my OB had closed and I went to labor and delivery at the hospital and they, they put me up on an NST and they were like, we want you to chug like a gallon of water in the next hour, like, or two hours. And we're going to see if they stop. So I was chugging water like crazy to get the hell out of there. And they gave me a shot. I forgot the name of the Turk terbutalin or something like that to stop the contractions. Long story short, they seem to think it's dehydration. I don't think that's the case, but okay, we're going to go with it until it happens again. But it was scary. I bet. I, I bet. Mean, it was, uh, it didn't hit me till I got home. And of course I lost it. I was like, because it was the same exact like entry from before, like I, where I delivered Brody same lobby, same hallways. I was like, Oh my God. And then we walked out and I was like happy that this one was okay. But then it hit me at home. I'm like, I can't believe I just did that. Like that was crazy, but baby was totally fine. I just don't the, the, the water thing, man, it's like such a big deal, I guess. Did you ever have this happen? (laughs) No, of course it's me. It's me. I, I just, could we not get just a normal pregnancy for God's sake? I'm telling you, these kids, these kids are fucking with us. I know it. I know Brody is like torture mom for us, but everything was fine. So I have to chug an enormous amount of water. I'm so relieved, but you seem to be chugging water all the time. I know. Hey, man, I pee more than I do anything else in life. 
the, the paying thing is. And you're wearing overalls. How are you doing that? <laughs> I had a onesie on the other day. I'm like, this is a terrible idea. How much I have to do. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, so what's going on in your neck of the planet? Um, we delivered our first Lenny's Legacy training session yesterday. Okay, tell me what this is. I saw you post. So what's going on with this? So um, Roy has a professional background as a teacher. Um, and I have a confusing professional background. So I was um, <laughs> trained as a social worker. And then last kind of eight years, I've worked in research. So but all kinds of research like healthcare, social care, um, education, and I've done a lot of evaluations for charity and that kind of thing. And um, we, like a lot of parents like yourself, we're thinking about like what can we do to support in this space? Mm -hmm. And like our experience obviously we had two losses and they were very different in terms of gestation and experience so Lenny died 40 weeks um and was kind of just on the cusp of intrapartum stillbirth slash neonatal death like he died as he was born mm -hmm. um and by was like 18 weeks gestation and kind of on the cusp of a late miscarriage and TFMR Mm -hmm. um so like our experiences are quite broad in terms of that but also in terms of we were really well looked after with Lenny um and we were well looked after clinically with Bi but there was some of the communication was um really poor um same hospital uh so we were kind of looking at what what there is out there and what people's experiences are and I think how people are communicated with at that key point when they lose a baby mm -hmm. is, is just something you never forget mm -hmm. um and so me and Roy were thinking like how can we use our skills in this area and we've just developed some training that uses our story the story of lots of bereaved parents but it also incorporates research messages um some stuff from practitioners and it kind of gives them a framework to be like how can I approach this bereaved parent and not bug this up <laughs> you know like it's so important yeah yeah it's um, so important I'm so happy to hear this yes yeah so because for them as well like they're in fight and flight they're not expecting this to have happened and to just have a bit of framework to be like, okay, before I go in to have this conversation, can I just check, like, have I got my, got everything in together? Have I considered everything? So this is training tools to help the staff address the bereaved parents. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Yeah. We, I got just asked to go to my hospital actually this morning to talk to a parent, uh, they have a parent panel that talks to the staff. So like, I, I, I'm happy to hear that this conversation is being had. It's pretty <laughs> wild how, like we talk about this all the time and it's one of the biggest pain points for all of us, I would say, 
is the treatment and just the verbiage that is used, the terminologies that's used at during the, the time after your baby dies. Um, I went to my girlfriend who's had like years of medical school, years, and she said there are zero, zero classes or courses that even mention any sort of bereavement or ways of talking to, because there's also, yes, you've lost your child, but like, there's a trauma element. Like you're talking to somebody who has no clue what's what side is up. So how did this get, did someone approach you guys or did you, how did this get started? Uh, It kind of got started from our ideas when we were in New Zealand and it's just been kind of over time. So we started the website just as like a blog just sharing our experiences and then people were saying they were useful and then uh I've been in touch with like the same midwife all the way through and um one of the trustees as well is a doctor and said the same she's got years and years of experience and has never had bereavement training and I'm sat there you know I've got a master's in social work I've got a master's in psychology like I know a lot about like these theories and trauma-informed practice and all of these kind of things and I think maybe maybe these skills aren't clinical actually these skills are like social work and psychology skills these are communication skills Mm -hmm. um and so I know about them and Roy knows how to teach them so together Mm -hmm. and we're quite a good team um and we just kind of pitched the idea to the hospital um and they were keen for it so for some funding and um we're waiting to hear back if we get that um but we've you know we're starting to have interest and we're you know we want to um deliver it to as many members of staff as possible you know my business brain is what is popping off right now thank god first of all roy is the teacher because if it was like you or me to be like listen This is how you're supposed to talk to us. You know, I'm just kidding. We would be very gentle, but like the emotional aspect is probably removed a little because Roy knows how to deliver it. Um, Anyway, I think that there are a lot of businesses. I mean, you could take this into OBs. You could take this into high-risk specialists. You take this to anywhere. And and you know what's, what's so wild is like, it's not even that like unique of a concept. There's so many businesses that need soft skills. Like I used to train group fitness instructors on how to approach and speak to clients, like members, like a, like a human in like, how was your day? I'm like, you have to address people. And so I was teaching these things outside of squats and deadlifts and all this other stuff, but I was teaching them how to like communicate, like you said, And it was like, how do I even have a job doing this? It was like, this should just be, you know, but it's not, it's not known. And for this, you're like, the the area you're going into is such a dark one that nobody wants to have this conversation. So I, is it going to be like a mandatory course you think, or are they going to make it a voluntary course for their staff? What do you think they're going to do? Um, I'm not sure. I think there's an appetite for it amongst staff. I think there's a real appetite for it amongst staff. I think it, um, I know that in a lot of hospitals, they have to attend, it's something like one hour a year of bereavement training. And that can be really, yeah. 
uh, and that can be anything. Um, but um, so I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do, but I think either way, there'll be attendance. You know, people were really keen for it yesterday and that was really good to I see. I love that. And that's what's awesome to hear is that they want the tools. They want to know how to do this. They just don't know how to do it. Yeah, and coming yeah. from you guys, I mean, it would be weird coming from someone who has not experienced it firsthand, but you guys have the credentials, you have the background, the experience, the education, and you have the life experience. That's super rare. And the two of you doing that, I think is just so awesome. What what region are you going to be working in? Like close to you? Or are you going to branch out? What do you think? I'm sorry, my brain gets like, this could be huge. Yeah, it could be huge. Like eventually we're hoping to like, do all sorts of different training because obviously there's pregnancy after loss and all sorts of different things that we could train on um, and train for employers and things for bereaved parents and yeah there's there's it's huge um, but we're trying to just like keep it small and then grow it so we're 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 starting at our local hospital um, which is where Lenny and Vi were born um, where well, it, so that's in Chesterfield in the UK. Yeah. Um, People listening are like, we know she's from somewhere. <laughs> Where is she from? from. <laughs> Not the US. <laughs> um, um, uh, so, we, yeah, so we're starting there. Um, and, you know, and, and I'm there for this pregnancy as well. Like, we've had excellent care from them. And when I say, like, you know, we've had the two contrasting experiences. I'm talking about, in the whole of our care, I'm talking about a 15 minute time period. But that shows how important it is to have this good communication because that 15 minute time period will stay with us. But equally, how well we were looked after and communicated with when Lenny was born will stay with us. Cause like, you know, if that midwife or that doctor or whatever, if they never needed like a kidney or anything, like call us. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. The, the timing of this conversation you and I are having, cause like my experience last night, like when I say the first nurse that I encountered last night, as soon as she heard my history was like an angel. Like this woman was the kindest, sweetest like hugging me and and that's a little over the top but like and then the other nurses were so gentle and so kind that I kind of left going wow those nurses were just amazing which the surprise of it was not right like I shouldn't have been that surprised that they were that good at handling me and saying you know you have every right to be terrified after what you've been through you've been through the worst like they were just so comforting and I was appreciative of that because let's put it this way. They could literally make the situation worse. They really could just by the way that they treat us, the words that they use, you know, basically if any of them had said, you know, you're overreacting, you got, you're pregnant again, there's that, you know, I would have been like, wow, you're not helping at all. And it probably would have, would have added to my anxiety, which was not a healthy state to be in pregnant yeah. after loss. So and these were women who I think had years of just years. Like these women were probably in their sixties and they were, you could tell that they had a lot of experience, but then on the flip, you have the younger 
generation coming in who probably has not experienced anything like this because we are very rare. You're especially rare with two losses. You know, stillbirth is 0.6% of births in the entire US. I don't know what it is nation or globally, but it's not compared to the amount of births every year. It's a small number, even though it's in the millions, believe it yeah. or not. God. Um, so it's like, you'd think that this would be a part of their repertoire, but, um, <laughs> it's, it's funny at what point did this idea pop into your brain? I mean, you had a lot of time to think cycling for four years up the coast of <laughs> a, a continent. <laughs> um, uh, I guess so, you know, you know what it's like when, when your baby dies and it turns your world upside down. And we set up Lenny's legacy just to be kind of blogs. And then when Bai died, it was like, I wrote a blog called, it was greater than some of its parts. And that is, you know, they were two horrific, horrific losses, but it felt like together, it did feel like it's, it's great. It's more than one plus one. This is like times a thousand. Nothing can ever be the same again um you know Roy realized he he couldn't go back to his job he wanted to leave his job we just wanted to do everything differently and um yeah I guess like when we were away we were just like what do we want to do and what do we want to focus on and what do we want to put our energy into and this is this just seems like something that's really important and something that uses our skills and something that could make a real difference and make a real difference to professionals and bereaved parents and yeah I think it came around when we were cycling we had a load of crazy ideas when we were cycling <laughs> we were like seriously at one, point, at one point I googled where you live and was like could we cycle from where Catherine lives <laughs> There'd have to be a boat involved, I think, which would be amazing. Just like guys were here with their bikes, just boating across the ocean. I mean, what you guys did was physically challenging, but you, yeah. you the emotional aspect, it's like you, you forced yourself to face it. You had no other choice because it's the two of you. You can't even really talk to each other while you're, while you're cycling. So and then meeting new people, having to tell your story to new people. I mean, what you guys did is like nothing short of just completely incredible. And I don't think people realize the magnitude of what you guys did. Can you explain it in case they haven't heard your episode? She's yeah. episode 18, by the way. Go check her out. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like, um, so Bai died eight, eight months after Lenny died. And like I said, it just completely blew our worlds apart. We went away for our 10 year wedding anniversary in the August and we were like, this is awful. We're in Scotland and it's sunny, which is rare. Riding our bikes, walking our dogs. We should be getting some sort of joy from this and we're just not getting anything. And we were like, if we can't smile now, how on earth are we gonna enjoy December? Because December would be Lenny's first birthday by our second baby's due date, Christmas, mm -hmm. New Year, you know, like all of it. We were like, how are we going to survive? And there was also this recognition that no one could support us. Like no, that no one could do anything right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, so we were just like, oh, that's going to be horrible. So I was like, Roy, we have to go to the Southern Hemisphere. <laughs> <laughs> it will be sunny there. <laughs> Lol. Um, it was not sunny. <laughs> um, we, we have to go to the Southern Hemisphere. Where should we go? Um, and I was just like, New Zealand. We've always wanted to go there. And I said to my friend, like, what did you think? And she was like, if there is a, if there is a country that was made for you two, it's Aww. New Zealand. It's beautiful and so on. Um, we absolutely could not afford to hire a camper van or anything. So I look at a map and I'm like, it's not that big. <laughs> My God. We could <laughs> we could just cycle. <laughs> oh my God. Um, meanwhile, so I, meanwhile, there's like no blog about this. There's no one that's really done this before, right? Like did you guys do I mean you're a researcher. Did you find anything out there where someone had done this before? Um, so people do do it. Um but we didn't look into it. Like this was just like our idea. Like we literally planned it about a month before we went. <laughs> I was working on this huge research project. And so I was just working and I was like, yeah, Roy, like you, you sort New Zealand out, like get the bikes back, get some gear. Like we, we, we got sponsored with some gear, but we only picked it up like a week before we left or something. It was so haphazard. So it is done, but it's done like um, they do a set route and it's like people can take like a year planning it. Um, They do a different route to what we did, like a set thing and um, probably go lighter, but but like cheaper, a bit more expensive. Sorry, like we were on more of a budget, so we had to carry our food, carry our camping gear, carry everything. Um, So like it has been done before, but we didn't really read into that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we cycled from Auckland to Queenstown. Um, We, which was like two and a half thousand kilometers. We did a total elevation gain of 27,000 meters, which is like summiting Everest three and a half times. That that's, that's wild when you put it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like when, when we were on the plane home and it said we're, we're traveling at an altitude of 12,000 meters. And I was like, shit, we've (laughs) like, we've cycled more than twice yeah you crush that on a bike yeah 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 and so we but like what I didn't so I thought the physical stuff because we hadn't really been cycling because you know we were just in the depths of grief so my poor like personal trainer we were just like yeah we're gonna go and do this ship and she's like right (laughs) So she was just like tasked with getting us ready because mm-hmm. I can I could I could deal with turning up to the gym when I told her to I was going to, but I couldn't deal with motivating myself to go for a bike ride. So she got us strong enough, and mm. thank God she did. There was she got so much praise when we were away <laughs> because she literally the bikes were so heavy. Yeah, because we had no idea what we would need. 
-hmm. so like you know if we're doing this in the UK we could be like oh you know if we need something we can just pick it up or we can we'll be able to call someone like we knew nobody over there um so we had to carry all our filming gear um all our sleeping stuff our food and like New Zealand is remote like people have warned me of this but there's like there were times when it was like okay we need to buy food for the next four days and carry our food oh my god and you had to find where to buy it yeah yeah yikes I didn't even think about that because there wasn't so so it was the logistics stuff so it was like where are we going to sleep planning the route um and you did this all on the fly like all right there did you guys yeah. fight a lot <laughs> not at all that's amazing wow everybody should bike new zealand before they get married guys yeah <laughs> see if it works <laughs> honestly we had to like so we had to like plan where we're gonna sleep plan where like food um plan the route Roy plan the route let's like, be real, let's be real. Yeah. Route, we'd have just been cycling in circles <laughs> I'm the woman who just looked at the map and went that's doable that's a- <laughs> let's go oh that's funny um and then you've got the physical challenge you know of like cycling every day putting a tent up and taking it down um and you know I was like what four months postpartum after bye less Mm. than a year postpartum after Lenny um and also kind of towards the start of the trip found out I was pregnant again so so much (laughs) so much um yeah it was it was a lot and then all of these really emotional dates so you know so would you say there were more emotional days than there were, I would say, quote unquote, joyous or like enjoyable moments? Were there more emotional ones? I'd say it was a massive mix. Like I, yeah. I, I, the first month was so hard. Like the first month was we were in the North Island. We were planning the route. We were, we didn't put the tent away dry for a month. And it was like comedy rain. It was like, we've come over to the Southern Hemisphere. It's supposed to be their summer. And it was like, they had the worst summer in history. Or of course they did. It's, of course just, they did. Of course, it makes sense. Um, and the bikes were like really heavy. You know, we'd never ridden bikes that packed up. We were trying to make a film. That's the other thing that I forgot to mention. We made a film about... Um, which is being edited now and that was is about raising awareness of baby loss and kind of grief while we're doing this and we've never made a film before (laughs) self-shooting is really hard like having to think constantly about all of that so like the weather the like overwhelmingness of the challenge and that kind of settling in was really quite full-on um but then yeah, I think something kind of some something kind of flipped about like three or four weeks in, and like you might have read that we talk about a Dutch couple that we met. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we met. So we met this Dutch couple, and we spent like 
two nights with them on the North Island. And we were, and they were just like, we're going to see you again. Like we went different routes because we were making it up as we went along. They were, they were set following this set route that I was telling you about. And we were just kind of, you know, we, we live far from the seaside in, in England. So we were like, let's go to the beach and then let's go back in. And, but the challenge of that is that it might show you a road on the map. But what that road actually is can be washed out gravel. You've got to carry your bike for God knows how long. Like, you're, you're brave, man. You are brave. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, because the weather, loads of the routes were wa- washed out and stuff. Um, but like, we yeah, I just, I think it would be hard to say that the balance, but we definitely got yeah. some quote-unquote joyous moments um and a lot kind of changed when we met when we met the Dutch couple I think there's something about camaraderie man there's just something about being with other people that get it I feel like that probably boosted your spirits your energy even maybe like they were sent by your boys to be like go keep them company like whatever your beliefs are it's like it just feels better to be in the presence of others who kind of are good for your spirit your yeah. soul. Yeah. That's awesome. What was the like absolute worst part of the trip? I think the absolute worst part was like when we were on like day four of torrential rain. Um, day four. Yeah, were, were you, like, were you like, shit, this was a terrible idea. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. Were times yeah. It was like, shit, this is a terrible idea and shit. We've said, we're going to make this film. And so we've kind of got to do it. And you like, guys did pump it up a lot before you even left. So like we, you had like a lot of followers like watching this. <laughs> Good thing it held you accountable. You would have bailed. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So then and what like, was the absolute best part in the flip of that? Uh, the best part was we cycled the West Coast of the South Island of New Zealand, which everyone talks about that being absolutely beautiful and it is and everyone says oh it's really wet well when we were there it was beautiful stunning sunshine the whole way amazing um we cycled with the dutch couple the whole way and we had so many laughs and we had we had a great time and that would be yeah that was like it was just beautiful scenery beautiful people um, you told me before you went, you were saying, are you going to meet any bereaved parents? And we did. And that was amazing. That's so just by coincidence? One by coincidence, a few by, so one got in touch with me. Um, so Amelia got in touch with me before we left. Um, and that was just like devastating because Amelia is the only person who I'm aware of um so Amelia has had a full-term loss and a mid-term loss of two boys so you know her story and my story are quite similar but they're kind of so wild I know and she messaged me not knowing that we were going to New Zealand she was just like I've just seen that you've had these two losses and they're two boys and I was like oh well did you also know that we're flying to New Zealand like next week? 
<laughs> and um, so we met up with her for a coffee and we got on with her and Ian so well that um, we stayed with them for a couple of nights at the start. And then we went and stayed with them for a couple of nights at the end of our trip as well. That's awesome. Um, so they're, they're just like, you know, friends for life, really. And they really, they really get it, sadly. They, they get it. Um, and then in Wellington, we met um, with Nina and Anton, whose story is really different to ours. But again, it's, that kind of doesn't matter, does it? Um, mm-hmm. And they were just so welcoming and, and lovely to us, and it was really nice to meet them. And Vicky, we met for a coffee. But the weirdest thing was we are in a cafe in the ass end of nowhere, like really, really middle of Like there's normal middle of nowhere, and then there's New Zealand middle of nowhere, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're like in a cafe, like, wow, they have a cafe here. And um, we're like over halfway into our trip, and someone says, oh, what's your t- T-shirt about? And by then, we're quite well versed at, like, we've got this. We can explain what our t-shirt The elevator is. pitch. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, like, they, and she said, what's your T-shirt about? Who's Lenny? And I said, oh, Lenny's my, Lenny's my son who, who died last year. And she said, my daughter died at birth last year. No. I mean, what? I mean... What? I know. The middle of the year. So you're saying the words to her thinking, I'm going to get some bullshit. Like, oh, so sorry for your loss. Some awkward response that you're going (laughs) to just be like, eye roll. (laughs) And she hits you with same. Like, me too. Oh, my God. So what did you say? Were you like totally stunned? Totally stunned. Um, She took us out to meet her husband. Husband came out and met us like, treated us like we were a celebrity. (laughs) Um, And he was like, oh, I felt like when she first came out, she looked so excited. I felt like I should know you. Um, And so, yeah, they were just like anything you need. And if you break down or things go wrong, like let us know. And um, yeah. Like what? God bless. Wow. Wow. Like, but it's also that like just massive heartbreak, you know, that is true. true. I was actually having a conversation with another friend, um, you know, just before Amelia messaged me and I said that, you know, the most supportive thing that I've had since Lenny died is Instagram. Like, (laughs) You know, just didn't use social media before and it's just so supportive and like yourself and crystal and so many so many parents on there so many connections so much relatable stuff like this podcast all of it um but I said like sometimes I said you know it's hard because and I'm not aware of anyone who's had a full-term loss and a midterm loss yeah yeah and quite often after a full-term loss you know after a year to a year and a half two years people bring home a baby and I didn't bring mine home and I was like you know I find that hard and then Amelia messaged me 
And I was like, forget it. I don't want it to happen to anyone else. This is awful. Like, I was just in floods of tears because I thought, gosh, like, yeah, yeah, I don't want, you know, my heart breaks every time there's a new account. Yeah. It comes up and all of that. But the other side of it, like you say, is connection and understanding. Well, I think you know, obviously I'm not trying to flip a positive on this at all, but I think what happens is that like when you're thrown into it and you twice, nobody gets it. Nobody even understands one. And then you have two and you haven't even had proper time to grieve. And they tell you, you're all, you're better when the rainbow gets here, whatever. And yours didn't make it. And so it's like the layers that you have are bigger than a lot of the layers out there that are vocal on social media. And I will, you know, I'll be the first to admit, you know, a loss is a loss is not a loss is not a loss. Like we all have different layers and you have more layers than I do. And I will admit that. And to me, if you can do what you do and get up every day, then I can too. And like, because of the magnitude of what you've been through. And uh, that is not taking away from my loss at all. It's not taking away from anybody else's loss, but out of respect, I see that yours has greater layers than mine. And, and I, and I respect you for that. And I admire you for that. And I want you to find others that do have, because the damage has been done and not that you want to look like you hope it happens to someone else because you need the connection. It's more like, I I need to be seen by somebody who gets this because no one else understands this. And I'm so sick and tired of explaining myself. I'm so sick and tired of having to say, you know, I I don't have the bandwidth for you and your dumb shit because like this is what I'm dealing with. You know what I mean? Like put it to perspective. You had a full term. You had almost a midterm, basically. You then decided to go freaking cycle a continent where you put yourself through a challenge with your marriage. Cause most people would look at that as like, you got to face your partner. Not that Roy wasn't with you from the day one. I know he was, he's amazing, but it's like, you throw yourself into having to force your own fears, your own grief, everything. You have no other choice. Then you find out you're pregnant on top of that. You tell anybody else they zone out and they're like, they it's like, they can't process it. Right. And you're like, cause by far, and I, I joke with you about this all the time. You and Roy have the most incredible party story. Like if somebody can't find a reason to bring something to talk to you, like a topic other than you cycling a continent, then they're, they're lost. They're dumb. And I have no time for them because like you've set it up for people to be able to talk to you about something that's special. Like, how can you ignore that? Like even me, like ask me how the podcast is going. Just yeah, like, yeah. Do they do that? No, like nobody yeah. wants to touch it, you know? Yeah. So, so um, I, I just think that when you meet somebody that you don't have to explain yourself to, it is soul crushing. Like last night in the hospital, she told me that there was a 40 week loss, a uh, stillbirth the night before. And I just kind of looked at her like, you gotta be kidding. Another, another one. And like yeah. it brought me to tears that somebody was in those, that hallway experiencing the same thing of handing your baby over for the last time. And for some reason, you don't realize that it happens every friggin' day after your own loss. And yeah, uh, like, yeah. It, always, it always really shocks me that it's still happening. Right. Like, I'm like, it's 2023, get it together. Yeah like, yeah. like I'm a researcher. I know the numbers, you know, the numbers, we both know how prevalent it is, but it's like, 
shit, there's been another loss after Brody and Lenny and Vi. Yeah. I had like the immediate response of like, I need to save her. Like I need, she needs, she needs, she's going to need help. Like I immediately went into like, oh my God, like I need to find her because I know she probably thinks that she's not going to survive this. And, and it was more of like, she's going to need us. <laughs> like we're some sort of like Avengers team. And I hated it. I hate that. I absolutely, I just don't understand why it's still going on. I don't, it makes me like at a loss because the nurse last night was basically like, here's a whole pamphlet on kick counts. Like, here's what you need to be doing movement wise. I'm like, I know, like, trust me, <laughs> I'm aware. That's why I'm here. He stopped for four hours. Um, but the, apparently the girl that went in had no clue what fetal movement was, had no idea that she should have been tracking it. She just yeah. kind of off and went in and he had died. Um, and I was like, really, really? We're still doing this. Yeah. So I can imagine your shock being in the middle of nowhere, meeting somebody. Cause it's almost like, there's no way I'm going to meet someone on this trip. We're just way too rare. And yeah. Like, it's not. Yeah. And like at birth as well, like so similar to Lenny, like you have a very different, God bless. You have so many layers. You have a different story and it's not, I I've heard a lot of them, but not as many as like mine, of course, but like where you kind of know you go in for routine and they're gone and then you have to go. But like for you during labor and it be on the cusp of neonatal and stillbirth is just like, that is such a layer that people kind of skip over. I think a lot because you're just not aware of what's going on until it's over. Yeah, no, not at all. So we, I, we went in and had a really easy, so I wouldn't say it's like added layers. I'd say it's different. It's not, it's not worse or whatever. I'd just say it's so different because we went in. I feel, I feel bad saying this because I, but I, I had a really easy labor. I basically walked in and they were like, oh, so you're fully dilated. Um, oh, that's, oh, that's awesome. Um, and um, they were, they were monitoring him and he was fine. And then there was like a slight worry right towards the end. And I think they thought he'll be born. He'll need like a little bit of a rub and that'll be it. And he came out and his cord was just like tangled in such a strange way. Like it, it dented his leg. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, um, so they didn't see it when his head came out because it wasn't round his neck. It was round his body which is apparently worse. Um, and then I think everyone thought that they would be able to resuscitate him, but he'd, he'd, um, he'd aspirated meconium, so um, they couldn't. Um, and so it was like a huge shock for us and a huge shock for all of the doctors. It was like, no one saw that coming. Like we had a baby who was, okay on a CTG one minute and not on, on another and you know like fantastic resuscitation efforts and all of that you know like really good care it's just like so so unfortunate yeah. um, so that's why kind of when I was pregnant with Bi I felt reasonably confident because I was like I've had a healthy full-term pregnancy I've had quite an easy birth pregnancy's not even though I was pregnant after loss and obviously it was nerve wracking, I wasn't all that scared. 
um, I don't think. Right. Because um, whereas, like, for you, like, you already knew. So, like, the yeah. whole labour and birth thing must have been, you know, so different, you know, just such a different experience. Mm-hmm. I was pretty drugged up. Xanax, morphine. I was plugged up with all the things that you wouldn't be able to do if the baby was alive. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was for someone who knows that they're already dead. I think the hardest, the whole thing was hard, obviously, but the last push, mm. I didn't want to push because I knew it would be over for yeah. that last push. And so I knew that he would be out of me and this would be over and that would be it if I pushed one more time. And they had to beg me to push. They had to scream at me to push one more time. Mine was easy too. nine pushes. He was out. Like it was like crazy. So like it is a definitely a different scenario. And so many of us have so many different stories, but, you know, handing them over for the last time, I think is how we all can relate to each other. Oh yeah. And walking out the doors without them. Yeah, and that's that's what's the yeah. same for me with Lenny and Bai, even yeah. though the, the the experiences were so different. I had to leave the hospital twice Oof. without and my baby. You like, are brave enough to enter into a third one now, no living children. This is... Uh, mm-hmm. How has it been for you? Are you now at a state where you're just like, calm and like whatever happens happens or are you a little bit of a like kind of on edge a lot paranoid where where are you at um I'm pretty calm at the moment well yeah clearly (laughs) at the moment (laughs) moment. um so so we had kind of we'd kind of checked out before we left about what would happen if we found out that I was pregnant in New Zealand. And we'd spoken to all the doctors and whatever else and basically got the like thumbs up that it was fine. And that worked well for me because that got rid of the first trimester and I could just ignore it. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I was just thinking like mentally I was thinking I've had a full term loss I've had a second trimester loss I'll bring on the first term loss yeah yeah Yeah. because when you look at the stats for that it's like how can I not have how can that not happen such a good point Um, so that kind of got rid of that time then we got a bit of reassurance when we got back and then I'd say the kind of 16 to 20 week mark for me was um, mm-hmm. awful, really awful because, because no, well, like I had a placental abruption with Bi and no one really knows why. And it's just, it's just really rare at 18 weeks and I don't have any of the risk factors for it. And it's like, it's so unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just, I'm just thinking like, we've just got to control the, the controllable. So you and I both have done everything we can to find out what happened. We've both done everything we can to make sure we're getting really good care in this pregnancy. We've done everything we can to educate ourselves as far as possible about things like fetal movement and all of that. We're more than capable of advocating for ourselves if we're worried, um, mm-hmm. like you did last night. 
And I just think like there's nothing more that we can do. Yeah. And that's yeah. A good point. And that's when people ask, you know, how are you getting through this without, you know, panicking or letting the bad thoughts get in and this and that. I was like, well, they do creep, but your reaction is got to be exactly what you said. You rattle off those facts. What are the facts? Yeah. The facts are, this is what I think happened to Brody. Facts are, this is what I'm doing to prevent it from happening again. Facts are, my team is highly confident, even though that doesn't mean too much sometimes. The facts are this, the facts are that. Okay, so just keep ticking that off. And then you have to sit back at some point and just say, I'm doing everything I can. I'm trying to control the controllable. Exactly what you said. I love that. And everything else is just, we can't do anything. And that's sometimes a relief and sometimes terrifying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That first trimester then, though was tough and you, you literally cycled right through it. Yeah. <laughs> Zipped right through it. Totally probably forgot about it. <laughs> oh yeah. Whoops. I uh, probably should drink filtered water. Who cares. <laughs> All the, all the do's and don'ts. I'm like, okay, okay. Sure. <laughs> What's next for you guys? Are you ever going to do that again? I don't know. I mean, I, I was like, so Roy, what are you thinking about a cycle tour in the UK? Just like a short one. And he's just like talking to me through gritted teeth. Like, no, no, man. Well, I love that you have a new project. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's um, a good way to, I mean, it's tough being talking about loss so much. I can tell you that. I, mean, I get that question a lot. Like, do you, is it, is it detrimental to your health or your healing? Like talking about loss so much. And I was like, no, I don't think so. There are some days where I'm like, mm, I don't really feel like this, but as long as there's a spin on it where I'm laughing at least one point at one point, then I do actually feel a little bit better. That's just how I cope. Um, so I don't, it, it helps me, you know, not be in such a dark place all the time. And I think for you guys, yeah, you're talking about loss, but you're doing it in a way that's going to be helpful and that is going to help a lot of people. So it kind of, it kind of balances it out a little bit, right? Yeah. And I think like going back to the film, like what we're going to do soon is gather as many babies' names as we can for the dedication so we got babies' names for the back of our T-shirt, but I want to be able to say to parents, like, how do you want your baby's name to appear on the film, you know, at the end, the end credits? Because, you know, they're who it's for. Um, but what, what I want to get out of the film is that thing we talk about, like the and life, mm -hmm. you know? But, that yeah, we've experienced the worst thing that can happen to anyone twice. Mm -hmm. um, and we still got up and cycled the length of New Zealand. And that's because you can do amazing things when you live in honour of your children and you are kind of motivated by love and dedicating your time to them. And you can laugh and you can find joy and see beauty in the world. Um, probably see move beauty in a way that a lot of people don't don't notice because they don't you know they're not paying as much attention as we are now and of course like of course feel devastated of course feel heartbroken of course be crying you know like you're asking about the emotional days Roy was laughing the other day about 
we just we had such a laugh on Lenny's birthday at one point and it was just it was just something stupid we were trying on these wooden sunglasses and then I, I had this tester pot of hand cream right and this hand cream's like the oiliest thing that I've ever put on my hands and it's just like not rubbing in <laughs> I, like, I know exactly what you mean and I turn around to Roy and I'm like, can you take the sunglasses off? Because I, and he's like, what the hell have you done? And we just, you know, you had to be there. But like, oh, no, that sounds just, hilarious. Yeah. We just fell about laughing, like, like really laughing. And, you know, we laugh a lot. And you, gosh, like you make me laugh a lot. <laughs> so glad uh, I make someone laugh besides <laughs> myself. <laughs> so many people feel guilty for laughing after loss and I get so many messages like thanks for making me feel like better that I laughed today or I smiled today or I enjoyed my day and it sounds so stupid but the only thing I can possibly say is just like that's the type of mother oh hi baby yeah who is that (gasps) I did think he might make an appearance at some point. Hi, what a good boy. I am such a dog person. I need one so bad. Oh, I could, I could smell his fluffiness from here. (laughs) His breath. I love that. Oh, he's so sweet. He's like, mom, I want on your lap immediately. Oh, in the face. Can you tell Michael that? Don't listen to me. See, we did a foster thing and we got two pups and the day I had to hand in the small one, I cried hysterically for hours, dude. I wasn't expecting to be that affected by the damn foster dog. I need another one. I need one now. You have two, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, he knows it too. He's like, mm-hmm. emotional support. I'm right here, mom. <laughs> what kind of pup is that? He's a Cocker Spaniel. An all black cocker spaniel? Yeah. How cute is he? Yeah. He's so cute. Oh, that was sweet. I saw his little paw just tap you right on the shoulder. Is this like I have to go out or I have to eat or just wants attention? He's just heard Roy downstairs now. And no, he's just like, I want attention. I want a cuddle. But the one thing that he loves more than cuddle is food. So, right. Ain't that yeah. the truth? That's what goes for a lot of us. Girl, uh, where can, um, well, we were talking about laughing, but uh, I think again, to wrap that thought up is just uh, Brody is a goofball. Brody is a, was, would have been a happy living child. And I would like to think he is somewhere. And I think that to, in order to be a good representation of my child, I think being the mother that I want to be includes enjoying my life, enjoying my time and being close with my, with his father, like that really like loving parents. Like, I think that to me was what I, what I want, the kind of mom that I want to be, because we don't have any other choice to mother them from afar. And that's the best way to me to do that. And it takes time though, to get there. I think in the very beginning in the trenches, a lot of the times you're like, but being happy takes me away from them. And that that realization that you you have to at least try to be happy in that that switch of a flip like flip of a switch I think is really important for a lot of people to realize but in the beginning it's really hard for them I'm not I'm not sure I had that like I've heard that a lot heard which part 
the bit about like feeling guilty for laughing or like feeling um yeah like, I hear I that wrote, a lot I wrote a letter I've heard it a lot and I wrote a letter to Lenny that I read out at his funeral and uh, it was about the kind of parents that we always wanted to be to him and so we just decided we're going to be those kind of parents even with him not physically here so a big thing for us was experiences and adventure so we were like we will take you on adventures in our hearts done that little guy <laughs> you didn't even like go medium style you went full send into adventure i cannot wait to see this film how do i get a shirt or like can you make a hoodie <laughs> i would like a hoodie with all the names on the back please um i cannot wait to see this film i cannot wait to see all the things that you guys are going to do with the training. Are you going to bring a camera into the training? Like should have we? someone have one. I think so. I think for promotional opportunities, I think you should have someone shoot it. Obviously get everyone's permission or just shoot the back of their head or like blur out their faces, but mic yourselves up. And I think that it would be really great for promotional purposes to have at least a little video of you guys speaking and going through the course and everything. Just so because I selfishly want to see. It's <laughs> <laughs> me. Um, can you tell everybody where to find all of your information on all of these great things that you've talked about? Yeah. So um, on Instagram, we're at Lenny's Legacy and the charity is at Lenny's Legacy Charity. And we have uh, a website, www.lennyslegacy.co.uk. The film is going to be entered into loads of um, film festivals across Love the it. globe. Heck yeah. Um, we would, I'm going to put something out in a few weeks on Instagram asking for the baby's names. If you could help me. Of course. That would be amazing. Because mm -hmm. um, I just don't want anyone to miss it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, and then the film, we're going to, we'll find a way to make it freely available to bereaved parents. So we'll get a Vimeo link or something um, Amazing. after we've um, done the, like entered all these film festivals and stuff. And then if anyone wants to, you know, we're gonna do like a premiere, local premiere in Sheffield. <gasps> I wanna come. <laughs> I, I, mean, I do. <laughs> when is that? Um, so that will be towards the end of this year. Oh my gosh, I could make that happen. Christmas in the UK. <laughs> God bless everyone around the day we meet in person. <laughs> Look away. Like, that's funny. No, I love that. Okay, cool. So I'm going to get all that information out. Anything I can do to help? Absolutely. And your information on your training courses, is that all on the website as well? Or is that your charity? So that's it. Yeah. The website is the charity. So that's okay. just, yeah, that's okay. just being developed as we speak. Yeah. Perfect. I love that. Well, then once you get rolling, we'll do a part three here, how that goes. When are you doing the, the training? We're getting it booked in now. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. So keep me posted on that. Well, obviously I'll probably see you post about it. Um, and then we'll get a follow-up on how that's going. Cause I think, I think there's people even in the UK that listen that will probably be like, hey, can you come to my hospital? Can you come to my doctor? So you may get a lot of requests after this. You must get people listening all over the globe. Yeah. Which is, yeah. again, 
amazing and heartbreaking. You know, it's one thing like, it's a global issue for one thing that this should not be happening to any of us, but you know, there are some of course that are unpreventable and I get that they're not preventable. I get that. But like the common thing is, is just the lack of understanding and the attention to grief and how to handle us is just a common thing around the globe. It's just, it's communication and language and people and humanity and finding that camaraderie across the globe has been like really insane. I, I, I'm kind of like, Hey, I want to do like a tour. Like I want to go see people and like, cause I, I love to travel. And so it's like, Hey, you're where on my way, you know? So I think it's just, yeah, I do get a lot of listeners from other places and it's just a testament to how just, there's so many more of us on a global level than we realize just trying to yeah. get through it. Yeah. Yeah. So. But what you're doing is incredible and I know it's inspiring. So Thank you for coming back on and telling us how it went. I'm glad it was not detrimental to your marriage or your sanity. <laughs> Maybe your sanity a little bit. You're still kind of nuts. Sometimes and I like that about sanity, you. And sometimes like when I'm having a really griefy day, you know, like, you know, sometimes they, it just hits you out of the blue and you're yeah. like, oh, and I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I can do hard things. Like I cycle the length of New Zealand in the rain, in my first trimester, whilst yeah. grieving my two children, I can do hard things. And you probably have zero tolerance for people who complain about like the dumbest stuff. You're like, listen, <laughs> this is what I've done. <laughs> Shut your mouth and grow a pair. You know what I mean? Oh my God. You, yeah, you are a champ. I will go for a bike ride with me though now, Catherine. Oh, Lord have mercy. Just put me in the basket on the front of your bike. Let's do that. Okay. Or I'll just hang on your back. Like I am, <laughs> but you're short like I am. So like, I can't even touch the ground without falling off the damn bike. <laughs> oh my God. I'd have to get a one with training wheels. Um, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. Just get, get, I need to get to the end of this year, man. It's just, I keep, I have a countdown on my phone. It's like 76 days or something left until I'm 37 weeks. I'm like, this is just so hard. It's hard, man. All of it. But thank you so much for coming on and talking. You always make me laugh. Thanks for having you me. You and Roy. Yeah, of course. Uh, and you know where to find me, girl. I'm about to hop on and tell my shit show story. So hit me up and uh, I'm going to try to get this out on Thursday. Okay. All right. Thanks, girl. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk later. And you enjoy the rest of your day. Cheers. Cheers. Get that, get that liquid in. Drink water. Oh, God. I'm on it. I got to pee, so. <laughs> all right. Bye, girl. Bye. <laughs> That's all for this episode of the At A Total Loss podcast. If you'd like to help other lost moms benefit from our stories, please share, rate, and comment wherever you are listening. Thank you for being the strong mama that you are. And remember, when things have you at a total loss, we're here to help you find the light in the darkness. Take care, lost moms.